0: You're listening to the Fox Valley Voice with Jaime Gutierrez.
1: And Bree Hayes. Good evening, Jaime.
0: Hi, Brie. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Pretty darn good. Pretty good, you know? It's a beautiful day. It's almost well, I don't know, man. It's uh. It's going to be 83 degrees tomorrow. It is. It's
1: actually, it's gotten warmer as the day went on today, which is not usually how it goes.
0: Right. So now we're trying to figure out, okay, do we have to bust out the AC, but then it's going to dip down to 60. It's that time of year. And I was having a conversation with some of my coworkers today. And uh, it's amazing that we still get all bent out of shape about it every single year. Right. I mean, I don't know about that, might be strong language, but we complain about it for sure. And you're
1: bent out of shape about it being 83 degrees.
0: No, just about the crazy swings from snow to 80 to, you know, all that. It
1: did snow last
0: week. So,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: but we know better. We know this is going to happen. Well,
1: that is what's wild to me is that because usually, and on the like nice days in March, I'll be like, well, you know, it's going to snow in April. Like, don't forget. And people look at me like I'm crazy. Like this happens every year. It happens every year. Just remember that it's going to snow in April. And then it does. And people are losing their minds. So
0: bent out of shape.
1: Yep. You're, you're right. I I don't know. I don't know why. And I know I participated in it, but that's the one thing that I will say every year. It's going to snow in April. Don't don't freak out about it. But we will. Yeah.
0: Nobody's listening to you, Brie.
1: No, no one ever listens to me, Jaime. (laughs) That's what's wrong with the world. If everybody just listened to me, played by my rules, we'd have a lot more fun.
0: Things would go so much more smoothly.
1: I agree. I agree. At least for you. At least for me, and I think, I think I bring a couple people along with me. I think I think my roles would make some people happy.
0: Well, speaking of not being able to uh, please all the people all the time, uh, we've got somebody joining us on the broadcast tonight uh, who is a member of the Batavia City Council, and her name is Abby Beck.:
1: And for the record, she has always pleased me. I think she is a tremendous.
0: So she's playing, she's playing by your rules.
1: She is playing by my rules. Hashtag Abby Beck for mayor. That's a joke. I don't think she's running for mayor.
0: (laughs) I don't know if she wants
1: me pushing her into the mayoral spotlight. Um, But if, if she were to have a campaign, I would, I would definitely, definitely want to be a part of it.
0: You would go knock on the doors?
1: I would go knock on the doors. Okay. I would, I would. But that's because she, I think she's been a great alder person.
0: Can we just take a, a a moment to discuss the genderization of the term alderman? Um, because I, this has been very confusing to me. I, I've seen news reports where even though the council member may be female, they will still refer to them as aldermen. Is that have you seen that?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Is that how it's supposed to
1: go? I- I think that it is such a wild thing that women are older people that the world doesn't know what to do with it.
0: Or older woman.
1: I think it's just a sign that um, we're still living in some weird times where we gender things by what we expect. Mm. And older person sounds weird. I understand that it sounds weird, but I think we need to take gender names out of titles like foreman. Like if you're a late lady foreman, you're still called a foreman. That's true. Yeah. But so There aren't yeah. a ton of lady foremans. Also, I doubt they want me to be calling them lady foremans. It's not a, that's also. Not
0: okay. Didn't you learn from last week with the lady doctor debacle?
1: No, I, I overuse the word lady. I get myself into these holes. I am, I am a hashtag bad feminist, but <laughs> no, everybody read Roxane Gay's bad feminist. It's actually really good.
0: Well, we can link to that with all this talk of older people, older persons, older folk.
1: I bet people just really want to get into this interview.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Let's uh, let's talk about Abby.
1: Sounds good. Hello, Abby Beck. Hello. How are you? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Well, this is a this is a new podcast. So it is. Oh, so it's
2: my first time. Thank you for having me. Yes.
1: (laughs) We did have under my old podcast, Rivertown Life, we had a great conversation when you were running for Alderman. Yeah. That we can link to if people want to know more about your run when you were running a few years ago. So it is kind of a check-in. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to that. I'm going to go back and listen to how I've changed <laughs> in two it. years. I love it. Um, so you are the alder person for both me and Jaime. Yeah, yeah. And the entire
0: fifth ward,
1: fifth ward,
0: Represent.
1: the fifth ward in Batavia, we did a walk of it, um, during your campaign and it does, it, it crosses the river, it goes through a little bit of downtown, but is primarily on the west side. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, a majority of it is on the west side, half of downtown, and then a few neighborhoods in the uh, southeast quadrant of town there. Awesome.
1: And I do believe that your house might be right in the middle of between me and Jaime's houses. I think so. Which is, yep. which is wild. And yeah. it's
2: a, it's an active block <laughs>
1: got an up. active little hub right here you yes, really really do yeah um, we're,
0: we're getting really granular with our podcast so our our, our coverage area is only about three square blocks
1: <laughs> where we're building a, a really strong foundation
2: <laughs> and we're to move out in a circular fashion from there I love it and you know I want to find some old grad school papers that i'd written uh, not written read um about new urbanism and new urbanist theory and how it ties neighborhood design to civic engagement, that there is a correlation there between kind of an old, the old fashioned front porch, grid style blocks and civic engagement. And I think our blocks here represent that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I think we've proven that here in Batavia. So what did you study in grad school? Environmental science. The master's in environmental science and I focused on urban sustainability and quality of life and understanding how we maintain a high quality of life and also keep all of our systems in check so that we're not running amok and we're not exploiting anything faster than then they can be replenished so it stays that high quality of life into the future in perpetuity.
1: Would you call yourself the resident environmentalist slash hippie The city council? I
2: think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the headline when I won was environmentalist wins fifth ward. And I was like, I'll take it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that label. You would,
0: you would, you would be okay though. If any other environmentalists or hippies wanted to join you.
2: Oh, please. One is not enough. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Wholehearted endorsement for any other environmentalists or hippies. To join. Great, great.
1: Before we get too much into your um, your role as elder person, how, how have you been? How have you been uh, living through these pandemic times?
2: Oh, um, a roller coaster, a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, most recently, I started a new job, which, as you may know, my last day job was in event production, and, it, you know, event production is not really doing anything, right now. <laughs> don't know if, yeah, if you were aware, Um, but the, uh, I got a new job with the Conservation Foundation. Uh, I kind of landed my dream job here in 20, at the end of 2020, which really turned the year around for me. And now I get to work with a whole lot of other environmentalists. I get to work alongside a lot of professionals, really highly regarded professionals in the world of conservation. And um, I'm four months in and, and just loving it. It's been really, really great. And it's really, yeah, it turned around the whole year that had been otherwise, you know, a bummer town for a lot of people, but it hit every industry a little bit differently. And we were, we, like I said, in the event production industry. So we were hit pretty hard.
1: You mentioned it on one of our
2: earlier podcasts
1: that these uh, got brought up something about a liquor license and all person wanting a
2: liquor license.
1: You were also planning on opening up an establishment. A bar.
2: Yeah, cocktail bar and restaurant. Um it's my husband and uh his best friend from childhood who had a bar out in Brooklyn that also closed during COVID. Uh, they were planning to open yeah end of last year, New Year's Eve was the was the hope. So it was not a year to be in both the event production and then restaurant opening uh business. So <laughs> it, was, it was a double whammy
1: for sure so bummer, here. bummer here then finding your dream job yeah yeah which was great which last week
2: was earth week earth mm-hmm. day week which is like the biggest week it is everyone wants to save the earth in april uh it makes for a very busy week and uh yeah my first big project i'm in fundraising the first big project was um wow. The Earth Day benefit dinner, which is usually a five to six hundred person gala, that we obviously couldn't do. So we had five small parties, and this big silent auction, and a trivia night, and a tour of the farm, and a family day at the farm, and it was really busy, and it went really well. And so now, a couple days out of it, I'm super relieved, and I'm super grateful, and I'm like, it's it was great. It was really really a great month, and we did a lot of great work. So. I live. I live to work another month. I think I earned my keep. The and
1: time so being, <laughs> you will continue to try to save the earth every week. Every week, awesome. yes. <laughs> yes, and hopefully bring more of us into focusing on that. Because yes, <laughs> a week. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Awesome.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about the conservation foundation?
2: Sure. Um, our tagline it sums it up pretty well. It's a we save land, we save rivers, and we grow healthy. So um, on the land preservation part of it, they they work in multiple scales. So we we help we help purchase open space. So if a big plot of open space goes for sale, we will help facilitate the purchase of it. And often you know, we have private funds, we can get grants, we can, we can buy it and hold it until the forest preserve or the park district or whoever's adjacent or whoever wants it can raise the funds or pass the referendum in order to finance it. Um, and, and buy it back from us. Um, we also do a lot of conservation easements. So for privately held lands that people want to make sure is going to be protected from development into the future, we will help get a conservation easement put on that land. All the way down to if you walk around neighborhoods, like there's a couple right around here that um, have these little signs that in green say conservation at home. Um, we also certify people's yards. And so if you're if you're planting natives, if you are You've got a rain barrel. If you're eliminating or reducing pesticides, you can get your own yard certified. And then on the water side, we've got watershed groups that are working in the local, uh, on the local rivers to study them, monitor them, remediate them, clean them up throughout the region. And then we have an organic farm, and I work on an organic farm. Like right outside my window is the food I'm going to be eating because now I'm a shareholder for the first time this year. So it's a, it's an awesome, awesome organization.
0: What's the coverage area? Is this a local thing? Or is it regional, national? Yes, what are talking about?
2: it is uh, Kane, Kendall, Will, and DuPage County are our main four core counties. We're getting into a watershed group that overlaps into Cook County. Uh, we own Dayton Bluffs down in Ottawa, which is also outside of that kind of core area. So we've got these like little spots sprinkled out, but um, for the most part, we're in those four core counties. Question about like, the politics
1: of like development. So are you developers worst nightmare, both as
2: a person and working for the conservation? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't been there long enough to hear any horror stories, you know, that for the, oh gosh, I wish I had the number off the top of my head. So the Conservation Foundation has worked on a number of referendums over the past, we're, we're going to be 50 years old next year. We've never lost one. We do a lot of polling and we find out what people are thinking, what people are wanting in their communities. And we have a strong bipartisan base among our donors and our um, volunteers. And you know, the Forest Preserve will put forth this referendum that says, we want to buy this open space and it's going to raise your taxes by this much. And we've never lost. So while maybe, yes, there have been some contentious buys that developers really had their, oh yeah, you should see the overhead view just of the farm that we're on. So this old lady had this farm, Lenora McDonald, and she donated it to the Conservation Foundation. It's in the middle of Naperville suburbia, and there are roads that come out from either side and dead end into the farm with the full expectation that someday they are going to connect that road right through the middle of my office. And... I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of just love that. Yeah, because I mean, and we've had a lot of these conversations too about urban sprawl and urban sprawl really tied into the research that I was doing um, in grad school. And the reason that I wanted to become an alderman was to fight sprawl. And I was focused a lot on the transportation aspect of let's make sure that we can get around our towns um, without the need of cars. And it's great because the Conservation Foundation is the one there like buying up the land that will constrain the growth that will force us to live more compactly and have to, you know, have to build in and build up rather than out, 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 out forever and ever. Awesome. So you
1: brought something up. You are, you are known about town to be really into
2: walkability. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about why. Um, it started when I moved to Las Vegas after college. I was you know, born and raised here in Batavia. I went to Champaign for my undergrad and then moved to Las Vegas. And I'd never really experienced true suburbia until I moved to Las Vegas and was living in my car so much. And then started studying climate change and realized well, we're never going to mitigate climate change if so many cities are built around the car, because we're not going to switch to electric cars fast enough to get all this carbon emissions out of the air? And then even if we did, once I started studying and understanding transportation systems and infrastructure and municipal budgets, we currently can't afford the infrastructure for cars that we have. So switching to electric might get the carbon out of the air, but we still, as a society, can't afford what we've built. And so rethinking our cities and going back to a more traditional building plan that allows people to get around, on foot or by bike, walking or rolling, is really the only way to mitigate climate change, be financially stable. And then there's a lot of equity aspects to that as well. I mean, for centuries and centuries, we built cities a certain way. And then after World War II, we completely undid centuries and centuries of city design and turned it on its head and made it all about the car. And that's a really small blip on the timeline of what has worked and worked and worked and worked. And And then we went... And now we're living with like the aftermath of an experiment that I don't think has succeeded and we don't have a great path forward um, and not a lot of political support forward for it, but that's going to be something that our kids are going to have to deal with and our kids kids and it's. It makes me nervous So I'm just trying to inch my way. <laughs> little by little trying to connect all the dots between sustainability and financial resilience and equity and walking becomes a really easy connection point between all of those because everybody's a pedestrian at some point and everybody has been to a lovely little town on vacation that they didn't need to rent a car they got to stay in a quaint little hotel and walk to breakfast and walk to shopping and walk to some tourist attraction and they leave thinking like oh I just wish you know, we could live like this all the time. We can, we should like, let's design better. Let's, let's not save that for vacation. Let's, let's make that reality. I really love that
1: because that was really our dream for moving out here. James and I lived in the city. He owned this house out here. So when we came out here, all we did was walk downtown and go to the creamery and go, you know, go to little places and the, and limestone and, like this is so cute we could be on vacation all the time and then we moved out here and yes we live on a river and we do all of those things but you're right it's not um we're not quite there i think batavia is and even some of the other towns along the fox river are closer to that idyllic possibility than a lot of places but i think that there is we need we need more abbey backs on city council. (laughs) abby-beck mentality <laughs> us to like really push it over the edge
2: yeah it's yeah yeah agreed
0: personally i have set a a rule of thumb for myself that i am i'm probably not going to be farther than a half a mile from el saison that's my yeah. personal plan yeah uh, moving yeah. forward, that's my um, sustainability plan.
2: That was a coach house. That was our. That was ours. We had to live within a ten minute walk of Cam and coach house.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and now, sidecar supper club as well. So, okay. I've got a question about infrastructure, and, and in particular, traffic. How do you feel about roundabouts?
2: I feel good about roundabouts. <laughs> I feel real good about roundabouts. I wish. I wish we would embrace the roundabout and it I think it's picking up some steam. And there's a few more planned for Kane County somewhere. K Dot. K dot installed one out west. And um I've even heard it tossed around for Fabian and 31. Mm. Oh certainly, wow. Certainly have the space for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that is a notorious intersection. So that I might avoid it. Yeah. That might take care of a few different issues if if they put in a a well-designed roundabout.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Do we have any? Are there any in Batavia? I, I can't think of any right now.
2: No, not in Batavia.
0: Okay, let's get to work on that.
2: Okay. I mean, do you, so you're a fan of roundabouts?
0: Love roundabouts. If if I'm anywhere near one that I know and it's a little bit out of my way, I will go there just to, <laughs> just to drive around the roundabout.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: Do you like them, Bree? they make me nervous. Yeah. They make me nervous. Like, I mean, and I think it's also just not growing up with them. And my main roundabout trauma comes from Boston, which is both full of roundabouts and full of intense drivers of traffic.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And that's a real thing. I just listened to a um, a podcast episode about roundabouts and uh, hesitancy. And uh, just unfamiliarity is a huge reason why we're not seeing a whole lot. But uh, there are certain communities around the country that are embracing them. And uh, gosh, if we could be one of them, I I would I would be very thrilled.
2: Yeah. And I think that hesitancy and like the uncertainty. Uh, when you approach them is also one of the safety features because they end up being a lot safer than four-way stops. And it is because people slow down they're like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do here. And when you go slower, you are safer. (laughs) It's just a general, you know, uh, correlation with cars. The slower you go, the safer you are. And if it forces you to go slow, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, so you're saying it's a feature and not a (laughs) bug. Yes.
2: All of my roundabout trauma. I've never been
1: in an accident. I've just oh. maybe gone around the circle, got <laughs> off at the wrong place.
2: I guess what we do is just drive around the circle here. It should be the second left exit. There's a hotel. Hey, look, kids! There's Big Ben and there's Parliament.
1: So I'm I'm with you. If if Batavia became full of roundabouts overnight, I I would be okay with it. I would <laughs> I would do some practicing and. And eventually understand that it is way better for, for not a roundabout hater.
0: You're saying that now because you don't want all that roundabout email coming in.
1: I don't. I don't like after after all the other controversies. Don't don't want to get wrapped up in this in this roundabout controversy. Uh, we get so many angry emails here. <laughs> you're ready for city council. You guys should
2: probably run for city council. <laughs> <It's> like.
1: <laughs> Um, Do you get uh, angry emails being on city council?
2: Occasionally. Yep. Get occasional, occasional angry emails and some snarky emails, some emails that make me laugh. Yeah. Just not enough emails though. In general, I would take a lot more angry emails if it just meant that we were getting more emails for sure. How long have you been on city council? Two years. Two years.
1: And you have two more years in your Um, in your first term, Yep. How is it different than you thought it would be? How is it like what you thought it would be? What's your experience been from the moment of, oh gosh, I'm running for city council to you're a seasoned city council member now?
2: (laughs) That's a really good question. I think there was a lot, there's a lot of frustration. I have a lot of frustration. I have a lot of frustration with myself. And I think I have been more I've been impressed with myself, I'll say. um, that like I I let things go a lot faster than I thought I would. And I've embraced that I'm going to vote unpopularly sometimes and people are not going to like me. And that's not usually a position that I like to be in. And I've accepted that. And there are a lot of times where I know that I'm gonna bring up something. That I believe super heavily in, and I feel like I'm well versed and I'm educated on something, and it's going to not be well received by my colleagues, and it's not going to get anywhere, and that's really frustrating. And I, I waffle a lot between utter frustration and hopelessness, and feeling like I'm got to move the needle, just going to move the needle. I got to plant the seed now, and I just got to keep plugging away and bringing it up and bringing it up until hearts and minds change. Um, something keeps coming up over and over in my head and it's, and it's to remind, and I have to remind myself of it all the time. Uh, something that my professor did on my very first day of grad school was that she had, this is a fun podcast experience experiment, but like if you point up at the ceiling or a pencil or something and you move your finger like in a clockwise manner, and then slowly as, as you keep turning it clockwise and then you move it down and down and down until you can look down on top of it. And which way is your finger going? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you're going clockwise up in the air, clockwise circle on the ceiling. Oh, wow. It goes counterclockwise. Going counterclockwise. And I find myself realizing I'm on the other side of that spinning finger when I'm talking to people sometimes, that we all are perspective and we're, we're looking through is everything and it's hard to recognize when someone is sitting on the other side you know looking down and i'm looking up and we're seeing the exact same thing we're seeing the exact same phenomenon in completely opposite ways and so i find myself doing that like in my head a lot just spinning my finger <laughs> and like it's really frustrating and really like i don't know it, it's just it's hard to feel like i can accurately grade the past two years and feel like and I don't and I also kind of feel it like with the elections just happening like like a mid a midterm slump where I'm like am I am I being effective? Am I giving this enough time? Am I you know and it's a weird year and I don't I don't feel like I'm talking to as many people as I did in the first year and, and I couldn't talk to anybody last year. I couldn't do my office hours and I don't know. So I'm doing a lot of reflecting <laughs> this mid this midterm this midterm pass here so
0: well hopefully you're you're also cutting yourself a little bit of slack because of the crazy year we just had
2: yeah crazy year zoom has been hard zoom meetings are hard i and i i need i'm I'm gonna go i haven't been in person in a while so i'm gonna go this tuesday because it's some folks last cow meeting and that's crazy so but yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to conduct this kind of business over zoom we
1: were talking to um, Jaime, er- Eric, what was his last name again? Shelkoff. Shelkoff, who who runs the, the beat for, he's a journalist, runs the beat for um, St. Charles and watches all of the city council meetings and reports on them. We have our own person, Mark Foster, that does that here. And he was talking about how, like, there's also, what's cool is like there is some accessibility. Like he He doesn't have to leave his house and people get to watch. I watched, honestly, probably more city council meetings in the last year than I would have ever come down for.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I guess what I'm also getting at is I am aware that we've talked about fifth ward is an active ward, I feel like, and engaged. And I don't necessarily know across every ward how engaged people are what their interests in the town is but i know that i often align with you abby i was i was so happy to have you as my alderman and get to vote for you and i to my knowledge you haven't strayed away from things that i that that i wanted to see happen or wanted you know wanted you to vote in a certain way i've rarely like written to you and been or talked to you and been like x y and z and you're like nope, not going to do it, or not within, like, reason, but I do, I do remember a specific city council meeting that I watched that was quite heated, as all of the ones um, pertaining to one North Washington have been in our community, and I did, what you're talking about, the spinning, really hit for me, because what I, what I recognized is that I, I could hear your voice, and I could hear you talking to people, and representing at least my voice, as being someone in your ward. And it felt like there were other voices who were saying that they had heard from their constituents, they had heard one way, but they were voting another way, that they had a certain interest or belief in something. And so I'm I'm curious, because that was really surprising to me, that it wasn't like, well, I've talked to my constituents, and we agree, and so this is where I'm voting. What level is it? Is that true? Can you, as an older person, just vote however you want to? Yeah,
2: for sure. And that is a a debate I've or, you know, discussion I've had with a number of people, both on council and off council that, you know, are we are we elected to just speak for the people, uh, the majority of people, you know, because you know, how do you draw that we can't talk for everybody we're not going to make everyone happy so are we there to just speak for the majority of people in your ward are you there to were you elected to be an expert and a subject matter expert and to we you know we do all the readings we have these discussions and then we make the best decision for our town as we see fit taking um residents concerns as a piece of our decision that there's there's but there's more to it, or do we just take that? Because certainly, with my background, um, I might I might not align with a hundred percent or the majority of the ward on on some of the things that I would vote on. Um, and I and I I haven't come to a philosophy point, you know, one way or another, myself. Um, you made me think of something, and what was that something going to be? Oh, I had another thought. Oh, I had heard um, the, the former mayor of Seattle is the director, executive director of America Walks and I had done the walking college and done a whole lot of research on, on walkability through America Walks. So this former mayor, he's now the executive director and I was on like a alumni call with him and he was saying that in terms of campaigning and running that it, it's not about you, it's about the voter, but it's about a shared vision that you have with the voter, that you craft with the voter, that you get people involved, you get people engaged, and then you come upon, you come to a mutually agreed upon vision for your city. And then you make the decisions that align with that vision, that move you closer to that vision. But then it's then it is this collaborative thing. And I think that's really hard because it's hard to when it's a part, it's not even a part-time, it's a basically a volunteer position meeting on city council having the time to do that much outreach to come to consensus, to craft a vision that you're all shared, you know, bought into is really hard. <laughs> it's like I really, I want to spend more time doing that. And, and I, especially this past year, you know, struggled struggled with that. So everybody's kind of crafted a vision for Batavia, whether it's based on input from their constituents or just based on what they think is best everybody's operating under different visions.
0: Well, and I think that question that Bree brought up, I think that's an age old discussion, you know, for all representative government everywhere. You know, what, how You know, do we represent? What percentage of our constituents or they voted for me and now I am going to go ahead and just pick up the ball and run with it. So yeah, I totally get why, why you're struggling with a, a philosophy on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you
1: think you struggle more or less than the average city council member?
2: I have no idea. I don't know. And oh, I couldn't even begin to say there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that I talk to frequently. And there's a lot of people out there that I don't speak to outside of council at all. So it's hard to say. And I think like, I think it's helpful because
1: again, I came from Chicago and so I was, I was, Couldn't even tell you who my alderman was when I lived in Chicago. City politics on that level felt so far away. Whereas here, I mean, please don't test me, quiz me, but I think I know who all of our city (laughs) members are. Like we live in like a smaller community. Everybody feels more accessible, but I'm still learning. So is it kind of like having coworkers or is it you know, what does it, what does it feel like as you're making decisions with, with these folks?
2: Depends on the issue. And it depends on, you know, and there's, there's just, there's those that you, that I text with, that I hash things out with before meetings. And there are those that I just don't have that rapport with. And there are those that, that almost I don't know, like they try to take the politics out of it. And so they, they, they think of, they think I'm extrapolating from some comments that I heard about, you know, people kind of working behind the scenes to try to understand what, how a vote's going to go, or, you know, talking to other aldermen and trying to get it to go a certain way, which I kind of feel like is part of the job, like that we need to be discussing. We need to be hashing out these details. And, um, In small groups, of course, because the Open Meetings Act prohibits us from actually meeting in groups of more than four uh, to talk about anything. But, like, to have conversations about it between meetings, I think it's been really important. It's been so helpful for me to understand the issues and understand all the things. Um, I'm probably not answering your question at all, but. So there is.
1: Yeah. there, There are. There are conversations. I mean, it, it does sound to me kind of like a group of coworkers, workers and they you know, you have some teams and you, there are people you work better with than others. Um, yeah. And figuring out if you can pass things, that, that all makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is like that. And with, so it used to be that there were these, there were multiple committees. There was a public utilities committee. There was a Community Development Committee, Government Services Committee, and they met on different nights at different times, and only a couple aldermen plus the staff related to that subject got together and hashed things out. And you really focused on that, and then you came back to City Council, and you relied on the expertise of those committee members that really dove into the material and got into it, and you had a quick conversation about it, and then you had the final vote. And now we have the Committee of the Whole, so that's why it looks like we just meet on the exact same topics twice because <laughs> it's the same people doing the same votes and we hash it out in the committee, but then we do the final vote at, at council. And um, so I know some old timers in town that really think that the committee structure, the committee of the whole structure means that nobody's an expert that, you know, we've kind of turned over all control to staff and and no one council member is going to become an expert in any one topic anymore because there's too much of it. Um, on the flip side of that, there were a lot of uh, city council members that were going to all the committee members, all the committee meetings. And so they were going to a meeting every night because they wanted to be an expert in all of those things. And they're like, this is silly. We just need to combine it into one night. So sometimes I wish there were smaller committees because I want to have, I want to like, just sit like this with a few people and and talk and, and have a normal conversation instead of having to raise my hand, respond to something four points ago, and then have to wait, you know, five minutes for somebody to respond to me, but then not get to like respond right back and i want a dialogue it's easier to have a dialogue than it is to have some of these formal committee meetings so it's been frustrating or something to get used to anyway
0: we only we only have a minute left abby uh thank you so much for joining us is there anything that we can sneak in uh before the end of the chat here
2: you all should run for council every one of you (laughs) you too and then everyone listening if you're listening to this you are obviously engaged in your town that you're interested in what engaged people are thinking about and talking about um and we need more of that so please consider running and it's easy and worth it right abby totally easy and worth it it's a lot easier when you've got fun people to talk to <laughs> about things <laughs> or thanks, so much, abby. thanks for having me good to see you guys good to see you all
0: It's always so good to catch up with Abby. I see her on her uh, her bike from Norway or wherever. Do you know where that bike is from that she's? I have of?
1: no idea. It's so cool. It's an electric bike, and it's got that little carriage thing in it that yeah. she can fit all her kids in.
0: I mean, it's uh, it's super cool, and it's immediately recognizable, and uh, it brings me joy every time I see it. It brings me joy, too. Um, What did you think? What are your thoughts?
1: I love Abby. I think she's doing a great job on city council. And I do think she's really hard on herself. I think she's she's super reflective, which I respect. But I don't think she sings her own praises quite as much as she should. But maybe that's our job.
0: I was just going to say, she's not going to go walking through the streets of Batavia patting herself on the back.
1: No, she's not. But. She could, and I would applaud her for doing it. She's she's done a lot of cool stuff in our community.
0: You know, another thought occurred to me that perhaps we should bring up. We're not only interested in talking with Abby back, you know, from the local government. I feel like we should also just kind of throw out a, a blanket invitation. If anybody in any local government within the sound of our voice, uh, but you know, primarily in the Fox Valley wants to come on and feels passionate about something that they want to chat about. We could do that, right?
1: Yeah. I would say that in full transparency, we asked Abby to come on because we both know her personally. She's also our older person. So Mm -hmm. it would be weird if she said no to us because we are her constituents, but I I would love to talk to anybody. I'd also love to talk to people in, in other cities. So well, we'll do a better job of trying to maybe reach out to some people. But if anybody's listening to this and wants to come on, I agree. I'd love to hear them.
0: I, I'm, I'm just imagining uh, dozens of older people sitting at home, banging the desk saying, why aren't I on that show?
1: This can also just be a reminder. Anyone listening to this can contact us to come <laughs> talk to us on the podcast. That's really what we want to be doing.
0: You don't even have to be an elected official.
1: You could be just about anybody. <laughs> the The standards for reaching out right now are pretty low because no one's reaching out to us. We're still reaching out to people. And I am recognizing that this being a weekly show, that um, we're going to run out of people if, if people don't holler at us.
0: Yeah. I mean, we only know uh, like t- t- 12 people between us.
1: We're gonna be asking people at line at the grocery store if they will come on our podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna stand on the street corner, not by a roundabout because those don't have any corners, but no. on one of the old-fashioned street corners and just beg people to to come on. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Anyways, Jaime, how did you? Yeah. Uh, enjoy the Fox Valley this weekend.
0: Well, I will tell you, and um, m- mostly because of our previous guest, uh, he did mention that he was going to be playing outside on Saturday, and so we did go, in fact, enjoy Scott Tipping playing outside at Dry City Brew Works in downtown Wheaton. Cool. And it turned out to be a lovely day. It was a little bit cloudy and possibly rainy, but it kind of cleared up and the sun even came out. And uh, we sat in the back parking lot and enjoyed some of their products and uh, listened to some great music and got to chat with Scott. And um, yeah, fabulous, fabulous day.
1: That's awesome. That's great. How about you? Well, I I spent a lot of time in my yard. Um, you know when like a construction zone like they like ran out of like funding or something and so they just it just like sits for a really long time and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, they're back. They're back at it." Oh, oh, something's happened over there. I feel like that just happened. Okay. Um, so I spent a lot of time working in the yard, but my husband James, he frequented Menards several times over the weekend. And one of the times he brought home Fib's barbecue, which is oh, that's a the place
0: joint. in the uh, in the parking lot, right?
1: In the parking lot, they've got a trailer, and they've they've popped up like at the farmers market and like at other events around the Fox Valley. But they've they've got a little home at the Menards parking lot. And let me tell you, after working real hard in the yard, it felt really good to eat a rack of
0: ribs. Wow. Yeah. You know, I've often seen that truck in the parking lot and I've, I have just never taken the time to stop and order food from that truck.
1: Jaime, you got, you gotta, I'm you going gotta to. do it.
0: I mean, you you don't have to twist my arm, really.
1: I will not twist your arm.
0: Okay. I'm but gonna it is
1: that. fantastic. And I'm from Kansas City. I I know barbecue.
0: Kansas City style is one of the more popular versions of, of the it, barbecue.
1: The only version of barbecue. Okay. If you talk to someone from Kansas City, don't get me started, Heine. Let um, me have this one.
0: I mean, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, you know, there might be a couple of folks in Memphis that might have some thoughts.
1: Uh, Yeah. And we don't we don't discuss those thoughts in the presence of a Kansas City yet.
0: You know, I'm not mad at all for any of it. I say the more more barbecue, the better.
1: Cool, cool. It's a nice as, way to say neutral. Um, as as clearly, long
0: as it's as long as it's not Carolina, we can just forget about that.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't eat Memphis barbecue. I also love Texas barbecue, but it's true. Like, I feel like we all hate Carolina barbecue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk about the angry emails. Here they come. I can hear yeah. them. They're yeah. on the way.
1: It's real controversial here. So, uh, so what about, what about this real goose? You got yeah. any real goose?
0: Sure. I've got a couple of things that are coming up that I can throw out there. I got a, an email from mutual ground. And uh, if folks are not familiar with mutual ground, you can find them at mutualground.org. They support Individuals and families impacted by domestic and sexual violence. And they are having a fundraiser coming up on May 16th and it's called the mutual ground walk for hope. And this is not even a 5k. This is a, a one mile walk, I believe. So I, I I could probably even swing that.
1: You can walk a mile.
0: I can walk a mile especially in support of Mutual ground, So I think I might have to get involved with that somehow. Um, so yeah, check that out Sunday. That's a Sunday, May 16th. And then also as far as local events go, there has been an announcement that the return of a beloved event is imminent this July 31st, Cocktails in the Park.
1: Whoa, that's some, uh, that's some real goose.
0: Yeah, you heard it here, probably not first, but
1: I, I hadn't heard that.
0: You hadn't heard that?
1: I hadn't heard that.
0: Well, then you heard it here first.
1: I did, I did.
0: So for both of those events, and this is, I think, something that we are going to see in what I'm choosing to call the between times, because it's not over yet, right? But No, it's not. where where people are getting vaccinated and things are opening up and events are coming back. However, you still have to have some concern for for safety. So both of those events are going to be hybrid, which means that they're going to be offering both the opportunity to attend in person. But if you're not comfortable with that, uh, you can also participate from the comfort of your own home. So for instance, for that walk, you can walk around your neighborhood, if you like, for the cocktails in the park, uh, you can choose to purchase a beverage box that you can enjoy in your, on your patio.
1: We, we did that last year and it was, um, it was delightful. Yeah. And it was real cute. We still, we still dressed up and we got, you know, dinner from Sidecar Software Su- supper club and had a nice night alone on our patio. Yeah. <laughs> cute.
0: Did you hire a band?
1: Yeah. They just didn't show up.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, obviously there are some differences between the at-home versus in-person events, but, but it does seem like for, at least for the the near future that's how these events are going to have to work, you know, hybrid. Yeah.
1: I think that that's really great and I think that it's it's good because it's also it's just inclusive, you know, like there are a lot of reasons why maybe people can't get out and about or don't want to get out and about. And it's just, it's nice to be able to include everybody at everybody's different thresholds as we build up to really being together and having, having big old fun shindigs coming from, coming from like the, the live event world. I really hope that we get back to being able to have them and have them be big and cost money and successful. But in this I I, I agree with you, Like I love I love that there are options in this in these tweeny times. So
0: the tweeny time.
1: tweeny times. Um I've got some I've got some uh some real goose.
0: You got some goose? Yeah. All right. Today. On. Today,
1: Two-day. which is Monday, April 26th, we had our first Baby bison, born at Fermilab.
0: Hey, now.
1: First one of the season.
0: Congrats. Yes. Do we have a name yet?
1: Do not have a name.
0: Okay. I don't know if they name their bison, but...
1: I don't know if they do either. Like So...
0: Did uh, are you on some kind of a bison newsletter list? Bison
1: or... watch. Bison? I'm on the bison watch. <laughs>
0: how did you how did you get this information?
1: I saw it on Facebook. I follow all the Fermilab Lab sites on Facebook.
0: Ah, that would make sense. Okay. And... it's not like they called you and said, Hey Brie, guess what?
1: <laughs> I wish I got a personal phone call about the bison being born. Um, I have had people text it to me. Like knowing that I'm not always on social media people and in, in other years when the first bison has been born, I have gotten text messages from people.
0: Cause everyone knows how much you love bison. Is that?
1: Yes. Specifically also the bison and the baby bison at formula. Hmm.
0: Well, those are yeah. the best people,
1: like out of all of them. If, if you ask certain people, fun facts about Brie, that might be on the list. She loves golden girls. She loves Dolly Parton. And she loves baby bison at Fermilab.
0: I mean, for a top three, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would struggle to match that in its impressive uh, nature. That's, I'm going to have to work on my top three. Yeah. And I'm going to have to also make sure that they're not, I mean, those are good. They're, they're wholesome. I'm afraid that my top three right now would all involve booze somehow. So. <laughs> I I'm mean,
1: a- you just got to be a wholesome
0: i'm sorry i didn't know
1: i'm i like i kind of love it like that is like i don't feel like i'm in many situations where someone's like oh brie you're so wholesome
0: it's out now it's out in the world
1: it's out in the world
0: you the are parents
1: will be so proud just hope a, they look at this episode
0: a wholesome lady
1: I'm a wholesome lady <laughs> maybe i could run for city council i'm wholesome <laughs> what, if I, what if i make that my uh
0: your tagline yes vote for brie hayes she's
1: She's wholesome wholesome. i mean i really like baking pies so Mm -hmm. you know what i am i am pretty wholesome but i am not christian which i think is why i don't feel wholesome in in our suburban town Mm. but
0: i understand that i understand that but don't let that stop you from Trying to achieve your maximum wholesomeness,
1: I think that that's like my new standard is like how wholesome can i can I be Shoot darn, dang it
0: Dagnabbit.
1: nab it <laughs> This is going downhill
0: yeah, okay. anything <laughs> else any other real goose from from your end oh no,
1: that was that was my big thing
0: that is pretty that's good
1: My son was my my big big news.
0: Any closing thoughts? I think we should we should end it there. We're not going to get any more wholesome than that.
1: Abby wrapped up her interview by saying everyone should run for city council, and I agree. Everybody that's listening to this, figure out what you want to run for. Run for city council, run for school board, run for the library board, park district board, mayor, but um think after this last election where it was such a bummer nobody was running i hope that we have lots of contested races in 2 years it would give us something to talk about and it would give us guests do it for the pod do it for the pod people
0: we're just going to turn into a 100% local election campaign podcast
1: i, I mean like there'll be some dirt we'll we'll get we'll get real It'll, love so much real goose
0: all right Bree. well uh i'm gonna get on that i'm gonna start thinking about running for something and uh and then i won't and then i won't do that i'm gonna let you though because we can't both be on the
1: live in our community yeah we can
0: i find it's, other not, way. it's
1: not the same like i mean maybe like i don't i don't want to be on city council but i think about the library board maybe something like that
0: all right. Well, let me know if you need a a campaign manager.
1: I think we need to get you get you on city council. Mm-mm. I don't know. We got we got a couple of years. We got we got time. Nope. We got time. Nope. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll find other ways to get engaged in our community and in other ways to help other people get engaged in the community. But yep. I would say that that's a big big part of our podcast is getting engaged. And okay helping other people get engaged.
0: I can get on board with that. I love that. Yes. I like that. All right.
1: Well, Jaime, enjoy the rest of your Monday night.
0: All right. You do the same and um, we'll talk soon.
1: All right. Bye.
0: Bye.